are going live. Hey everybody, I have no idea who heard what. Yes. Uh, I think I think we went live just as the captions eradicated what was said. Woo! Uh, <laughs> uh, no, no, we did not. No, we did not. The last quip by Sin was still was still visible. It's fine. It's fine. We're gonna pretend it didn't happen. We have fun here. We have fun here. We have fun here. Someone hit, um, can we have a clear chat command, please? (laughs) (laughs) Except we're talking about the captions, so it doesn't work that way. Can we have an ignore captions command, please? You saw nothing, captions? (laughs) I'm just going to slide. You didn't see anything. I'm just going to slide into OBS real quick and just click the, like, invisible button. Of the captions for a few moments? Well, hello and uh, happy Easter to anyone watching who are celebrating and to anyone uh, joining me today who's celebrating as well. Um, I know usually my family does like a big dinner stuff and we can't do that this year, but my dad still decided to cook a turkey roast anyways, so. <laughs> it's okay to eat copious amounts of chocolate eggs day. Indeed. Indeed. Um, so, thank you for joining us, everyone, for this episode five of Beacons of Calistry. Uh I am Crow slash Eric, aka your narrator, um, your uh, beset-upon host for today. Uh, and I would like all of my players to introduce themselves. So, in uh, overlay order, Sin, Rainy, Ro, Nins, go for it. Tell people where they can find you, let them know uh, what you do and all that jazz. Um, hello, my name is Sinziak. I'm currently eating Pocky. Um, and you will find me here playing Rue, whose pronouns are he, they. My pronouns in particular are he, him. You can find me here on Twitch with the same name. You can find me on um, Twitter with Sinziak Beta, where you will find me talking about tabletop games and world building and what is wrong with people who do those things sometimes. Um, and tomorrow in particular, you're going to find me diving into um, none other than Final Fantasy X because we left ourselves on Mushroom Road and we kind of need to figure out what else is going on there. Hi, hello, uh, I am Rainy, uh, Rainy Keys here on Twitch. I stream art. I occasionally do video games. Unfortunately, though, I will be scarce until maybe mid-May because I am graduating, because I am Legion student. Yay. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at RainGeese. Uh, also summarily doing chaotic screaming. And that's about it. Oh, as a player on um, Routes Unknown, as Agnes Bull. I play Alyssa Vesper, who uh, who is our masked archer, and both of our pronouns for Alyssa and I are she, her. Commission her for things. Do that. Also, hi, I'm in row. My pronouns are he, they interchangeably, and I play Danica, whose pronouns are she, they interchangeably. And um, y'all can find me on Twitters at monroro 98 where I do art, uh, not as much as I would like to. Uh, some game design stuff and general, very, um, me yelling into the void and being very queer all the time. 
We have fun here. Oh, hi, it's me, Nimbus. You can find me at Nimbus almost anywhere, um, except for Instagram. That's the no, that's the no Nimbin zone. Um, <laughs> my pronouns are he, him, and I play Barry, whose pronouns are they, them, because what's gender to a bush? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh... What? And you can find all of us through the uh, exclamation point cast command. I have links to every one of the cast there and also to our producers, RPG Hour Studios, who very kindly uh, have decided to produce our show. And also today's soundboards, as always, are brought to you by Sirenscape Studios. We do some wonderful uh, TTRPG soundboards and tools and things. So, um, oh, and one last thing. Uh, I recently released a major update for Ether, the system we're playing today, and you can find that update on itch via the exclamation point TTRPG command. Um, and it is on sale for the Easter holiday all through this week. So if you're interested, go check it out. Now, uh, let's get into this, shall we? Last time, our heroes returned to the town of Crestfall which is built up around a massive shard of what was formerly the Boreal Crest, a just huge piece of crystal that was protecting the continent. They brought with them the imprisoned Zira, formerly a family Darkfang, for, sentence, for sentencing by the luminaries of the city, as well as the refugees from Twin Creeks. And those refugees were greeted very warmly by the citizens of Crestfall. In fact, they were taken in, given places to stay, given food, and now the town is sort of going about planning what to do with them. You know, I hope they remember to get me a Danish, though. They absolutely did. Uh, your baker friend, whose name escapes me at this point. Uh, Julia. Julia. Julia, thank you. Um, absolutely wound up getting you a Danish. Now... On top of that, the party also encountered a few helpful NPCs, like Julia, like the cafe owner Kynos, like Danica's older sister, Leo, and... I'm like the one dude who was yelling in the middle of the town square to overshot the person who was trying to lure people into the mines. Uh, yes, y'all haven't met him directly, but he's a wonderful, uh, wonderful Goliath named Bellish. And, and the, uh, and our resident doctor, Yes, uh, yes, Vinat, the doctor, whom approached Rue at first out of curiosity and then later out of requiring a bit of help. And that's sort of, uh, we opened, I would say, you know, the morning after everyone has arrived in town. You all either return to the places in which you would normally rest or have had to discover a place to rest. Um... Sin, since we have a funny habit of Rue uh, waking up in random places, where do you think Rue wakes up today? Well, Rue only wakes up in random places when he's on missions. I would imagine in this case, since he's on vacation, he's not going to wake up in a weird place, but he might sleep in weird places. He's probably on a roof somewhere. Because okay, well. what we've also learned is that the weather here, um, in contrast to the world around it, is very mild very temperate weather um, mm -hmm. and such so sleeping outside and looking up at the stars and or the aurora in um nearby would definitely be um kind of their mode for where they would be where they would sleep 
And when you awaken this early morning, you actually uh, see that there's maybe a few clouds coming in off the northern mountains. Um, there, there might be signs of rain moving in in the next couple of days. And then you also notice that there's sort of a light mist or a light fog rising up off the ground that is catching the light from the crystal and just causing this very slight borealis ripple effect through the town, which is quite pretty this early. Now, I do have to ask, as you all awaken and start to go about your days, um, what do you all think you would be doing as just a regular day in Crestfall? Start with Nins. Um, I suppose for the last uh, for the last uh, few days, uh, Mary has been wading through um, through rice through rice paddies um, and other crops, just trying to help uh, the new farmers get. Um, acquainted with their plots of land. Very well. I would assume some geomancy is involved as well, just helping shape and prepare new plots for new farms. Um, there's an interesting thing that happens too, where your introduction of a rice paddy up here is a bit of an in a welcomed challenge for the farmers of Crestfall, I would say because they don't have a whole lot of water sources to pull from up here. A lot of the water they have is actually drawn up from underground lakes that were formerly part of the mountain that this plateau became. Um, and so it's really, it's an interesting bit of work where they're like, all right, we have to figure out how to get enough moisture to this area to do this project. And so they're trying to figure out how to route streams and maybe route some runoff from the mountains and so on and so forth. Uh, Danica, what would you be doing? You know, first thing in the morning, it's kind of your uh, your official, like, quote unquote, leave from the expedition force, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, so now you all have sort of that free option to take jobs as you see fit or do work around town and do what you choose. Um, well, one... Danica wakes up in a very good mood after the previous night. Ah, uh, yes. And, um, and, um, it's probably gonna go, yeah, do some work around the town, probably look for some place to work for a bit, just to get any anxiety or anything out, so get her hands doing something, some glass work. Okay. Um, you wind up finding a few of the other lamp renders of the Gleam Wardens going around and doing what's basically like regular morning maintenance on the regular um, oil lamps that are around town. Uh, so the, you know, there's sort of your classic Victorian street lamp, um, refilling them, making sure the glass is fine. There's a couple shattered panes that they have to deal with just because people got a little rowdy during the festival <laughs> the day before when everyone new arrived. Um, and yeah, so you're more than able to go through and make some replacement glass for those and do the fittings and so on. Alyssa, what do you think a regular day in Crestfall for Alyssa is? Well, I suppose, especially if this is just straight, just like right after leave, she would assist in prepping the kitchens for the breakfast rush for, you know, just to take some work off of a 
Kynos and Bellish's shoulders, and the other two, um, still masked Blackwater survivors that live and work with her at the cafe. Absolutely, and you all work fairly well together, and it's pretty early. Um, there is a point, though, where, um... Actually, I'm gonna have you make a red or black for this. Just to see if this event happens. Probability, my weakness. Yeah. Probability, my weakness. Uh, red. So, uh, your morning is uneventful. And, hey, <laughs> that's what happens when you get wrong. Uh, you go about your morning very casually. Have you retrieved the pendant at all? Nope. Okay. So, we are going to double back to Rue. Rue, you wake up on this rooftop and you get to see the glow of the aurora from the crystal just sort of diffuse throughout the town in the morning mist. And the town wakes up fairly fairly early. You know, people are already out in the streets. Some of the pop-up stalls for the central market are already um, cropping up. And you kind of get to see this very quaint town just sprawling out around you. You know, now it's a town of about 5,200 people. And so you can see some of the work being done on the edge of town to prepare the new plots of land for the farms and hopefully the new rice paddies. You can see... Um, a few potentially new buildings being roughed in and, you know, their corner posts and things being put up. And you can also see off in the distance, um, probably about a day northeast would be a set of woods and silhouetted sort of just above the tree line, you see a dome with a pair of massive curling horns coming out of it. It's a bit unlike anything you've ever seen, but at this distance, it almost looks like a skull. Hmm. Okay. So just hills in the distance that look like a demon. Is that is that what I got here? Uh, yeah. You know, at this distance, it's a bit hard to tell whether they're hills or something else, but pretty much. Okay. So... At that point, I'm just, how tall of a building am I on? Um, I would say the tallest buildings in Crestfall are only two stories. So you're at most, you know, 20 feet off the ground. Okay. Well, um, I take a moment to just kind of find a spot that doesn't necessarily have like a lot of people on it or in the area or whatever. Just kind of casually jump off the roof. How, how disrespectful would you like to be? <laughs> how disrespectful would I like to be? Um, I'm not going to be disrespectful. It's just I'm as used to waking up at random places, like, and mostly out of things that I have to either climb down from or jump out of. So, Well, I asked this because Rue being Rue, I figured there are a few options for, like, tallest place he could have fallen asleep. One of which would be the Longhouse, where the sentencing was carried out, sort of the central council building. Uh... Or another one would be the Glee Morden Barracks. Hmm. Probably the Barracks. Okay. 
it's pretty easy for you to jump off into a place that's a bit more nondescript. There's a fairly wide alley behind uh, the barracks that you can just dive down into. So this is kind of one of those things, when I jump off, I kind of use um, Aramancy from the fan to slow my fall. So it's kind of like just, ah, uh, here we are falling and then using Aramancy to slow down the fall at the last moment so as not to hurt myself. Um, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> except that, except that it's a, except that it's a fan. Um, God, could you imagine? Sorry, I just, I couldn't help but think of that image. Like, but like, it has like this coat fluttering in the wind behind. <laughs> That's why I thought of it. I was like, "Rue with a parasol" is a thought. Um. You know, if we start doing Steven Universe level things where I can combine my fan with the sword, that's exactly what it could be. Ooh. I mean, that choice is yours to make, good sir. I will I don't not say how, no. I mean, I could, but I also don't know how that works. Um, we'll talk about that later. So um, after landing, it's, um, I'd say where my mind is not teleporting but I do know that the person who sent me here with all the other abilities I have for like glimpses into the future, um, being able to um, travel when I dream or while I sleep, kind of a, I'm just going to walk down the streets at random around the town and assume that I'm going to end up where I'm supposed to be or with, or, you know, like with whomever I'm supposed to be. Especially when my whole life has been being when I'm being where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there, even if I don't always know why. Interesting. All right. I need to put just a little bit of thought into this. Um... Uh, no, he'll probably, I mean, it is also just after waking up, I'm probably going to also look for food while I'm out here. Oh, absolutely. Um, I will let you know that uh, the, the takoyaki stand that you found in Twin Creeks has successfully migrated to the central market in Crestfall. Lovely. So, should you desire, it is available to you. However, when you pick up that takoyaki, red or black? Black. Ace of clubs? Why is it a snowflake? I don't know, to be honest. I think it might... Uh... Oh, it's, it's actually some kind of flower, potentially a lotus. Interesting. Um... Said. As you're eating this takoyaki, you're kind of, you're in the center of town and you can see these small like pools of water around the central crystal where mm -hmm. th they're like little ponds with small bridges over them and they branch out into the marketplace and so on. And um, you're sort of just walking across one of these bridges in close proximity to the crystal. And you could swear you hear there. From the crystal itself. Oh. Hmm. 
the crystal is like do i notice that it's the crystal talking or does it sound more like a disembodied voice for you it was as though a disembodied voice you know if you were walking by with the crystal on your right it was like someone walked up to the right side of you and said hello there and then walked past you but oh. the head turn points you at the crystal okay um so then i would you know me turning to right here hello I'm going to ask you to do red or black one more time. Um, red. So having turned, you're sort of maybe a couple of feet away from the crystal and you can see yourself reflected and warped and refracted in some of its um, not really faceted areas, but the the points where it absolutely does have edges and has sort of naturally formed. Mm -hmm. And for the audience, this crystal stands about two and a half stories tall, but it is sheared off at an angle at one point where you can tell that anywhere between a third and maybe a half of it is missing. Um, and as you're staring at the crystal, you see for a moment what you could swear is almost like a like a heat mirage apparition in the surface of the crystal and it's just barely a silhouette of a feminine form with shoulder length hair you can't tell color it gets very um it's almost like a chromatic aberration effect mm -hmm. just due to the nature of the crystal itself and then you hear the words it's nice to meet new people in my town. Um, and the silhouette just of, gives a tiny little wave. I kind of um, look around to my left or to my right to see if there are people in the area um, who are able to perceive me at this moment. Um, there are people around, but they're all sort of going about their own business. So none of them are paying particular attention to you. Okay, so I would like to be stealthy about this if I can, but I'm going to um, walk up to the crystal and touch the crystal. Okay. I will say people are busy enough in their morning routines and it's not uncommon for people to just walk up to the crystal so they won't really attention i guess it, it's the equivalent of like you know where certain places have famous statues and people will walk up and touch them it, mm -hmm. it's that for the people of crestfall so other people are coming up and doing it as well they're just avoiding you know the small ponds of water as they do i would say you are welcome to make a psychometry check for this one or whatever check you would use to communicate with the spirit um your choice okay well i guess you're gonna have to pick one because i don't i don't think i necessarily have a thing for that um hmm okay so in that instance like it's one of those 
like I don't know if like I know soul soul forging allows you to take your soul and manifest into physical things, but I don't know if that's the same as using it to communicate with things on the spiritual plane. I'll say um, it could act as sort of a, a tuning fork or an anchor point for that communication for sure. Um, just because it is it is a spiritual construct. And so using it to interface or interact with a spiritual thing, I feel like would be possible. Okay. Um, right. I'm going to have to call my sword back to me. I left it with Danica yesterday. Yes, you um, did. So yeah, we're going to have to do that. Oh, I have to talk to Danica about things later. Right. Okay. Well, um, soul forging it is. So I'm going to use, I'm, I'm going to touch the, um, you know, because we're not being threatening over here. We're just trying to communicate and I want to be respectful about it. So I'm going to try to touch the, the hilt of this, um, this bow can I have to the crystal. I think that's how I'm going to try to communicate with it. You All said right. you needed me to draw for this. Yep, make a soul forging check. Uh, you're not right. under pressure or anything, so I'm going to set this at a. Uh, what's your skill level? Two. Two? Okay, I'm going to set this at a three because it is going to be a little bit difficult, but not for pressure related reasons. So this is the card that we. This is. We got this and a seven. Mm, okay, so now uh, with some of the rules changes, you have a choice. You can choose to Cascade, which is you start playing cards off the top of the deck, or you can choose a separate, you know, more narrative perk if you would like, if you have something in mind. Um, I don't for this, because I don't necessarily know where this is going yet, unless... I feel like I would need to know something about this entity because I don't know if it would, if doing this would give me knowledge I didn't previously have or teach me something new, or if it's just, I want to be super successful at the thing. That choice is, hmm, okay. In this instance, I'll give you one of two options. In terms of the super successful at the thing, you can, you know, communicate with this creature and maybe get a clearer idea of what they are. Or you can... Mm. Or you can have a vision that would indicate what this entity is connected to. So you can communicate directly or you can get an idea of context, one of the two. Communication or context? Well, I think you kind of need both of them. Hmm. That's a big set of fun choice. <laughs> I think I will choose communication now, and I think I will come back for context later. All right. So you sort of just lightly rest the hilt of your Boken against the crystal, and you immediately feel something of a resonance there and your vision clears in what was once a heat mirage it's almost like you've been taken into someone's parlor effectively and you see a figure wearing what amounts to a very simple sundress with a very wide brimmed hat they have hair that is impossibly impossibly white it looks almost like fiber optic cable 
that is cascading down to their shoulders and it picks up the colors of the borealis and the area around you has a bit of that color to it and this figure is very clearly feminine but you can't tell you know if they are elven human orcish you can't it's nondescript um uh -huh. it could be it could be the light but it's like depending on what angle you're looking at her from her origins change and you just see you know what we'll, we'll say that there is almost this table not really with a tea set laid out but in an ephemeral sort of setting a place to sit and where one would have a conversation however she appears frail she appears you know sunken cheeks slight circles under the eyes which also sparkle with that uh crystalline kind of color and she just gives you a little kind of wan smile and just says ah, i am so glad to see another protector come to town uh well um i suppose that is what i do um I don't know if this is what we were supposed to do, but you know, but we're here, so I suppose I should introduce myself. My name is Rue, um, and I am here on vacation. She... But, but I am looking for ways to be helpful while I'm on vacation because, you know, I don't know if I know how to be on vacation now that I have one. You see her take a bit of amusement from this. And for a second, she regards you with those crystalline eyes and tilts her head. And you feel a power wash over you. It's almost like... It, it feels akin to the first time you met your employer, I'll say, but of a different quality. Um, where your employer's sort of presence had this idea of fate and finality and the inevitability of things. The power that washes over you here is one that resembles a power of, of care and curiosity is the best way I would put it. And she just smirks and she says, Well, we all do need to learn how to rest on occasion. I see you have forged a connection. It's been a long time since I've needed a name, but I suppose you could call me Aurora. Well, it's nice to meet you, Aurora, and that is a lovely name. Thank you. Do you often talk to people in the town? No. Or is this a special occasion? No, they feel my presence in other ways. Um, there are a few that I can speak to directly. 
It seems you have a particular nature that is able to bridge the gap between yourself and I. Well, um, I never have been really good at not getting into things. <laughs> From what I see of your threads, that I believe. Now, if you said you're... something. You said something about a protector. Is a protector something that the town needs? Potentially. Unlike your benefactor, I don't get to see time. I really get to see the quality of people. This town is one that draws protectors like yourself. And wanderers and those looking for a place At least two, two out of three of those things. You are indeed. I don't think you... I don't think the entire town will need you. But I think in this case you may need the town. But if you'll excuse me, I am not quite what I was. In this conversation, unfortunately, has left me needing to rest. Hmm. Well, if you, if I might ask one additional question before I leave, then, where do you get energy from? It used to be that I would draw in energy from the world, and I still can, but the fracture has left me a bit wanting. Hmm. Be well, Rue. And don't Hopefully. be afraid. Mm -hmm. Choose You're what sure. you want for yourself. I think when Rue um, finally um, kind of comes to two things, I would like to find out more about this fracture. And I think um, Aurora is nice. I would like to befriend them. You get the sense that that friendship is absolutely there, and it's, uh, Aurora, you get the sense, is a figure who likes to sit back and observe. Perhaps akin to yourself in that regard. I think about things for a moment, and then I take a turn um, to the good doctor's house. Very well. Uh, as you're taking your turn to the good doctor's house, 
Mm, we're going to say... Do, 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 do. I'm going to draw a card. For those wondering what I'm doing, I have a list of a certain number of random events on my notes, and each of them are tied to card pulls. So, we'll see what we get. Oh, nice. This is, this is what happens when you're a person who plays Monster Prom. <laughs> uh, that weekend, something happened too. Uh, let's say... Danica, while you're out mm -hmm. and about doing your maintenance and your repairs, um, you see wearing what appears to be a fresh shirt and a new straw hat, uh, the kind of shorter, doddering old man, Eustace, kind of walking along the street, and he's coming back from the edge of town where the new farmland was going in. And he just sees you and he waves and he says, Hello there, Danica. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing uh, wonderfully, Eustace. Thank you. How are you doing? How are you holding up up here? Oh, well, they've already got me going to work. Um, I, I was one of the older farmers back in Twin Creeks, and I knew the rice paddies fairly well, so I've been teaching them all about the uh, harvest scheduling and, you know, the, the proper proportions that they need and all those things to make it work. Uh, it's been a lot of math this very early in the morning. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's refreshing to have to uh, put out something new. I feel the same way. I do hope your work has been going all right this morning. I've seen some of your, uh, your Glee Morden compatriots out and about doing the rounds, and you seem to be doing something of the same. Uh, yeah, just fixing up lanterns. Uh glass blowing it's um what my pops taught me to do so it's what oh, i like well. to do a lamp render then hmm. very a, a very noble exercise if i do say so um and he's just kind of he's kind of just gonna spend some time like making small talk with you and making sure you're you're doing okay and checking up um you get this this sense that eustace is kind of everybody's grandpa just, wherever he goes everyone knows him um and there's even a point where like there are people that you know in town who you know have no reason to know eustace but greet him as if they've known him their entire lives he's just he's just a fixture now after being here for a day um and so a few other farmers will come along a few minutes later and sort of pull Eustace away and he'll just say, well, um, I've heard they're already building us a few houses out on the edge of town, so you stop by at some point, I might actually be able to serve you tea. Who knows? <laughs> I would I would like that very much, Eustace. Thank you. Maybe I'll even have a few chairs. Who knows? And he just sort of uh, starts trotting off after the farmers and gives you a wave. He seems... You made my grandpa. You made my grandpa. <laughs> Listen. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. Uh, it was unintentional. But yeah, uh, Eustace just goes off to go back and put in the work. Um, after Eustace leaves, um, I'd say... 
there is perhaps a moment where Barry and Rue sort of encounter each other on the way to Vinat's. And that's because um, Barry, Vinat can also supply certain medical supplies. And I would imagine that at this point, a few of the farmers might have gotten a little bruised and, you know, maybe cuts here and there. So you might just be going to pick some things up. Uh, Barry, you are muted. That is very true. I was muted and I got super animated. <laughs> I love it. Um, but Barry's trudging mud all the way through town. He's um, just stepped out of the rice paddy. His uh, sandaled feet, well, he's actually carrying his sandals, but um, his now bare feet are just like flopping mud. And the funny thing right is. Right through the middle of the street. You somewhat can't tell the difference between the mud and, like, your skin either, because it does have a bit of that bark tone to it. So it's just, you sort of don't know where the mud ends and you begin in some cases. Um, but yeah, you would somewhat encounter Rue sort of as you're both going towards Vanat's house from different directions. And you can see the sign with the uh, Caduceus on it as well. Um... Barry opens the door for Rubini. And as you both, um, I would assume you both enter. Uh, you would get hit with the kind of strong scent of lavender attempting to cover up the smell of antiseptic. Um, so it does take a little bit of the the strength away from the smell. You do know that um, Vinat's house is also his practice, so you can tell that there are absolutely, like, there's an area on the first floor in the back um, set aside for, you know, a larger treatment room, for example. Uh, there's a small uh, office to your right, and then upstairs is potentially where Vinat lives. I would also say here, because of because of recent events, one thing that you would notice is that Rue is rather heavily sensitive to chamomile, more so than usual. Um, and just before he takes a step in to the to the clinic, uh, Barry pauses, looks down at his feet, and then goes ah, and then just like makes a large gesture to pull the earth away from him before he steps into the clinic. Uh, there's this very interesting moment where for a split second, Rue, you get to see almost this like dust and dirt silhouette of Barry transposed next to him before it all drops to the ground. <laughs> Pretty much exactly. <laughs> Um, and then you both step in, and it's a very simple place. Um, there's some simple furnishings and a small desk. Um, you can tell Vinat runs this place alone. And as you are uh, kind of going about your work, you see the uh, kind of willowy elven figure of Vinat wearing what looks to be a, um, a very beautiful, like, lace-trimmed sundress. And he is also um, very much got a, because uh, it's a theme today, a parasol tucked in the corner that matches the dress. Um, and he hears you all step in and 
you can definitely like hear the sounds of people in the back and Vinat is actually wearing a pair of uh, crisp white what appear to be calfskin gloves and uh, he steps out and you can see that he is carrying a bandage in his hand and he says ah Rumine Barry good to see both of you you give me just a moment um, I need to go bandage a cut I'll be right back and he sort of steps into the back uh, through a curtain at one point. And then you just hear um, the slight snip of scissors from where he is cutting uh, the bandage and so on. And then he comes back and he takes off the calfskin gloves and uh, sort of stands behind the desk and he says, Oh, is there anything I can help you two with today? Um, I think in my case, there is something rather specific that you could help me with. Um, but I will let Barry go first. I imagine that they have something far more practical to ask you. Um, Barry pulls, uh, out from his pack, um, a jar of preserved figs that he picked along the road. And he says, uh, this is, this is for some of, uh, some of your medical supplies, uh, for the farmers who have been despite their recent experiences, just a little bit, uh, unsafe. Ah, I see. Um, bandages and dressings, I would assume. Yes? Yes. All right, let me go put together a package for you. And he sort of steps off to the side from the desk to go to a small cabinet where he keeps less, um, alchemical and more like basic first aid supplies, I guess you would say. And he just says, um, so, a few rolls of bandages for cuts, um, a salve for potential bruises, um, is there a worry of broken bones, Barry? No, I don't think so. Not yet, anyway. Alright, uh, in that case, this should be more than enough. Unfortunately, I am a bit low on antiseptic, um, so I won't be able to provide you any of that. So, if you choose to clean any of the wounds, you may have to use on rubbing alcohol, or something a bit less tasteful and a bit less strong and he sort of packages it all together and uh actually very fluidly takes a small bit of parchment paper from behind the desk wraps it and ties a ribbon around it for you and he just he takes the jar of figs and he says ah this will be wonderful for dinner and especially for some desserts and just sets it aside so ruminate now that that is settled, what is it you'd like to ask of me? Um, I had an interesting visit today, and I would like to ask you about a certain portion of crystal in town. Ah, looking for a little bit of town history then, are you? Indeed I am. Very how, well. long, how long has that crystal um, been in its current state. It has been in its current state since it was sundered um, some 300 years ago. You see, the crystal was originally much farther north, kept in a crevasse, and uh, we knew it as the Boreal Crest back in the old Valdia. And no one quite knows or understands why it shattered, but when it did, its remains were scattered across the continent. The largest segment of it landed 
in the middle of what is now Crestfall. The town didn't exist before it. Um, in fact, Crystal is partially why the top of the mountain disappeared, we'll say. And Crestfall was built up around it as issues with the Bane Horde became apparent over the course of the following century or so. We were fortunate enough that the crystal landed in an area that already had some ruins of some kind of town built into it, so we were able to sort of use those old bones to our advantage. Hmm. I've not been in Crestfall that long, but I have been around the area, traveling between towns, and so... The history is fairly well known to me. Well, if that's the case, then where are the other... The other pieces of this crystal being scattered around the continent, are they similar to, say, the items that are kept in a beacon? Similar, but slightly different. Um, the pieces of the original Boreal Crest tend to be significantly more powerful. So if you were to take a shard of it, it would have much stronger properties than, say, uh, crystal found elsewhere. The thing is... The crystals are so powerful and radiate such a degree of magical energy that they tend to cause more deposits of themselves to grow that are less powerful, perhaps due to being smaller and younger of age, um, but still quite effective at doing things like repelling a horde. Now, because we're on top of a plateau that was formerly part of a mountain, the power of the crystal has been turning... Things like simple iron deposits into more of itself for centuries. Think of it like, um... I'm curious about why this hasn't been used to mend the crystal, then. It's... It's much less... Let's put this. Barry, you would be more familiar with this analogy, I suppose. It's much like taking a clipping of a tree and using it to plant a secondary tree. Unfortunately, the secondary tree can't be used to stitch itself onto the original. Not how it works. These new crystals are akin to the original, but not a part of it. There are researchers among the Gleam Wardens, and there were researchers among the old Valdian Empire who were curious about it. The standing theory before the Empire fell was that the crystal was inscribed with some sort of enchantment that made it a bit unique in its existence. But that theory was never confirmed for the Sundry. It's almost like making cheese. You get curds and you get whey. But they can't be milk again. That is a very appropriate analogy. If one was to mend the crystal, it would have to be the original shards. Like calls to like. There have been attempts to fuse newer crystals to the old, but they... They just never take... Hmm. Well, I suppose I have something to ask you about 
the old empire and the research up to this point, but I think I might have some ideas on what to do. So for that, I should thank you. Um, but, well, I've always heard that it, would, it is um, bad manners to simply come into someone's home and ask a number of questions without perhaps offering some kind of gift in return. So, Vinat, is there something that I might be able to assist you with? Well, I did mention needing a little bit of work done. Um, <laughs> this leads to my comments on being short on antiseptic. As of late, my usual supply has been running low. I I tend to use the oils collected from the feathers of the um, local giant hummingbirds out in the in the Titan Skull Woods. But lately, the hummingbirds have been agitated, and the last group of wardens I sent to make a retrieval are now being treated accordingly. And he sort nice. of just. I see that they did not take the time to perhaps unagitate the birds first. Unfortunately, according to the reports, um, the birds were agitated before they arrived, and they were well, wounded possibly. on sight. Does anyone know for what reason the birds are agitated? Unfortunately, no. I've been waiting to see if any of the Scout Corps have returned. Um, they've all been out doing various works over the past few days. <coughs> Um, and I was going a to scout, you say. I was going to request um, that one of the scouts be sent to investigate, but perhaps you and Barry and young Alyssa. Oh, she, is a, she is a scout, isn't she? I will uh, take care of the paperwork, as it were. Well, before. Before we engage in the paperwork, I suppose, I have a new friend to go and visit. Um, I suppose this is the most formal I've ever been while speaking to a person, and I owe that to, I suppose, veneration for your station, so congratulations, I guess. Um, are you addressing Vinat with that? I, I am. <laughs> Uh, Vinat just sort of chuckles and he says, um, Oh, please, it's been a very long time since I was shown any kind of required veneration. What kind of veneration does one such as herself normally require, if any? He just smirks and he says, Kind best left buried, if you'd ask me. And kind of gives you I'm a sorry, wink. what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you get the sense that uh, Vinat is very pleased with his pun. Oh my god. Um, and that said, Vinat looks at uh, you over and he just says, As for details as to the work, um, I'll be asking you to retrieve any fallen quills you can find from the giant hummingbirds. They, the quills are roughly the equivalent of, um, sorry, I should switch to narrator voice for this. The, the quills are the size of, like, palm fronds. They are quite large. Um, 
a, a question for you, Vanat. What if we were to perhaps bring one of the hummingbirds back here? Oh, I... It requires been... other paperwork. That I'm sure. <laughs> I am a bit averse to containing the creatures. They are quite rare and have not been seen in great numbers since um, the old Valdian knights used to breed them as mounts. They're now known for the most part as amber-beaked hummingbirds. They, um, the nectar they drink from the giant flowers out in the Titan Skull Woods rusts their beak over with a hardened shell of amber over time. And the knights used to use that amber to create lances. The birds, however, uh, ingest nectar, and the oil from their feathers is derived from it. So it is both um, great for wicking water, and also tends to be highly antiseptic in a similar way to um, standard honey, which is why it's important. I prefer not to capture one of the creatures because I'm afraid I would not be able to keep them well. They require the large flora of the woods to keep them fed and keep them producing the oil required. Okay. I shall not try to... I shall try to befriend the birds. I will not attempt to bring them back home. <laughs> Please do. At the same time, um, should you find enough, I'll be able to set aside a few vials of oil as potentially the basis for various healing curatives. Should you and How? any of your friends feel the need to require them. How much is enough, exactly? I can get about a vial per every two or three quills you find. So, so for every five, I'll set aside a vial for you. So, hmm. I suppose this, you know, has some kind of briefing or something like that. So I would like one of those. And in the meantime, we're going to have a talk about mending some things. Um, and I suppose I'll go see along the way about finding Danica and Alyssa. Okay. Um, Barry, did you want to come along with me? Sure, why not? I will just, uh, if you wouldn't mind along the way, if we delivered these medical supplies to the farmers. I don't necessarily, well, I mean, I guess I should know at this point, as often as I've observed this town, whether that's on the way to where we're going or not. Um, it's a small enough town that you can make it on the way. Uh, and, and I'll say that by making that little kind of side loop out towards the farming area, that's most likely how you're going to run into Danica, as Danica is helping do some of the maintenance on the lamps along the way. Okay. So, Danica, you see Barry and Rue coming down the street with uh, Barry carrying a very uh, quaintly packaged, uh, I would packaged like to, I would, group of supplies, I should say. I would like to attempt to be sneaky about it. <laughs> you would like to attempt to be sneaky. <laughs> okay. Uh, you... Hmm, how can I say this? How sneaky are you being? Are you, like, trying to stealth your way down the street, or are you just trying to blend into crowds, you know? 
I am trying to basically blend into crowds. Okay. So I'll say you can absolutely, you know, do that. And perhaps Barry gets a chuckle because there is this image of Barry just boldly walking down the street as Barry does while Rude just like flits from crowd to crowd behind them. <laughs> uh, being like perhaps a little bit it. furtive. Yep. Um, although I don't think Danica would notice Rue, I feel like Danica would notice Barry and then Rue would somewhat just appear in frame if this were a camera shot. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it's literally just the Barry, Danica. Rue. How was the family visit? Uh, hi, Rue, Rue, um, it was fine, uh, fine, it's my sister, she's fine. Barry pulls out another jar of preserved figs here for you. Oh, uh, thank you, Barry. Uh, you now have a jar of figs. Sweet. So, um, well, I have interesting news. Isn't um, everything interesting with you? I'm honestly incredibly boring. I don't know why you would ever ask such a question. I, I, would, have, a... I would have to agree. He is honestly incredibly boring. I um, made friends with the crystal today, and now we have um, a like uh, and to get. Um, is it beaks? or feathers, or flowers. Something involving birds that have um, messed some people up. Barry hands Danica a mock-up of the mission. Okay. He's, he's been, like, his arm is at his head, has, uh, has been elongated and widened so that he can use it as... A drawing slate? Um, as a drawing slate. I love it. Yes. I love it. Uh, um, I also have to request Danica. Um, mm. Danica or Barry, actually. Do either of you have a history skill? Or a religion skill? Uh, I have neither. Give me just a moment. Of course I do. History or religion? Neither. Okay. Nice. No question. Politics and medicine. Very well. Um, so yeah, uh, this continues on. Barry gives you the lowdown um, on having to find these quills, and basically that you'll get one. You'll get the materials for one healing potion for every five goals you find. Okay. Uh, when when were we thinking of heading out? Barry, Barry looks down at Ruth. How impatient are you feeling today? Um... Surprisingly, for this one moment in time, not especially impatient. I do want to go, I suppose, as soon as is feasible, but um, I have one thing I would like to do before we go. 
Okay. So can I suggest for a moment that we, not really, but that we just split up for a bit. We're gonna need Alyssa for this because they do scouting things and they can like shoot arrows that fly for like a thousand miles into space. And I'm pretty sure they can see like every moon and star from here with their eyes closed and stuff. Like they're just good at finding things. So we'll probably need to find her. And in the meantime, I have some information to ask that might, well, enhance our adventure, let's say. Okay. I do need to stop by the library. What are you lying about? To file this. <laughs> not a li not a library, a librarian. Oh, okay. Without missing a beat, I love it. Um, okay, well, why don't we just meet at the library then? Very well. All right, so <laughs> we'll say um, Barry or Danica, I feel like, would know where to retrieve Alyssa. Um, uh, Barry definitely knows. Yeah, so you can do that on your way to the library if you wish. Um, so how about we do that, and then I will ping pong back to Rue. Okay, so when every when everybody agrees to kind of do their thing, I'm just going to poof out of existence. Okay. Yay, limonids. Smoke bomb. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just funny mental image of Rue dropping a smoke bomb and then just still being there. Um, so. Take it, luminance didn't work that time. Luminance again. <laughs> he just says it out loud. Um, anyways. So. Um, Alyssa, you... You had a fairly busy morning in Kynos' cafe. Um, a lot of people have come through, you know, there's the work going on for the farmers as well. So a lot of, you know, people who are working on the construction and any of the barn raisings, raisings and things like that have been rolling through looking for food on the go. And Kynos kind of has this ability to predict rushes that is uncanny. So there's points where like everything is calm and Kynos looks to you and just says, all right, start prepping like 20, you know, real quick sandwiches. Let's do this. And then you're just like, why? And then and minutes later, there's a lineup. Um, but yeah, you've had a bit of a busy morning. Um, I'm going to ask you to make one more red or black check for me. Uh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like probability. Oh. I guess red again. Jack of diamonds. Oh, which oh, lovely. Which is Which a is lady in black wearing a very um, interesting mask, ironically enough. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I'm here. Um, Steve's us a focus. That, that's the card. It's uh, Alyssa. It, it is Alyssa. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is Alyssa. Um, so. Alyssa, as you've been going through this day, there is a point where a couple of people come in who are very clearly from, you know, kind of on leave from one of the Esper mines to the northwest. And there's a point where Bellish has to kick them out of the cafe. 
and you overhear them talking about and grumbling about how um, a few people got hurt up at the mine and they've been getting very rowdy about it. So unfortunately, Bellish kind of has to step in and be like, all right there, get on out of here. You're getting a little bit riled up and we don't want you bothering the other customers. And Bellish effectively just takes them by the scruff of the neck and like moves them outside. As Bellish is wont to do, but did Alyssa catch a particular family name from that mine or was this the, um, she's probably already heard the whisperings of what went on with Zero's trial by this point. Yeah, uh, you don't catch a family name, but the mine to the northwest um, tends to have interests from a few different barons. They sort of run it jointly because it's one of the bigger ones. Um, so. You just know that... Any particular barons I know about that or just... Um, the Thelesiers are one. Um, you would have the... I can't remember some of the names that I had written down. I'll get them to you after session if I have a few written down. Uh, the Thelosiers, who are in town, uh, for sure. The Belladons do have an interest in it. Uh, they don't have a controlling interest in the mine, but they do, you know, provide workers and provide gear and things like that. Um, the, um... Actually, the Noteworthies would have an interest in it because it's sort of not really in the direction of recognition, but it is farther north. Uh, any mention of this family will get Nins excited. Um, in fact, I would think the Noteworthies are probably the ones with the controlling interest in the mine. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, after that, uh, I believe uh, Danica and Barry would sort of roll up on the cafe just as Bellish is dropping these two miners outside the door. And Bellish is this large Goliath man. He was the one who was yelling over uh, Farron Telesir during the festival uh, the day prior. And today he is um, very clearly wearing like a nice green button up shirt and some slacks. And um, you also notice that he's had his makeup done by Kynos. He's wearing some very nice eyeshadow. Um... So yeah, uh, Bellish sees you all and just says, Oh, you do all right there. You're looking for a little bit of lunch. We just finished up with the rush. It'd be a good time. Uh, we're looking for a litter, uh, but you do look stunning today, Bellish. Oh, thank you. And he just kind of blushes a little bit and he just says, All right, well, this is inside. Um, you take care. Make sure that uh, if she's going on any work, that she comes back safe and all that stuff. You know how it is. And he sort of just like, he gives that um, worrying, but very clearly trying not to worry kind of look. Um, Barry, ha uh, Barry pulls out some more plant life from his bag um, and hands a couple of a uh, couple of stalks of apple grass to the miners uh, before they go wandering off. And he says, chew on those, they'll calm you down a bit. They just grumble their thanks and be on their way. Um, and Bellish just looks at you both and he says, well, she's she's right inside. Um, she's back in the kitchen though, so you'll have to duck back behind the counter. Of course. Uh, after you, Danica. Thank you, Barry. And I'll walk through and... Um, question. 
Yes. Does actually not a question. Um, if Barry and Danica are heading to the back and they're looking for Alyssa, I believe Kynos or one of the other uh, Blackwater residents would probably be at the front. Because, um, uh, Kynos is serving the Blackwater resident. Um, one of them is at the counter. I can't remember uh-huh. the names we gave them though. Hold on. Um, when you find the name, let me know, but uh, mm-hmm. I'll just Very describe them for you. Is she decent? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> So this resident of Blackwater is wearing a mask that is um, almost akin to a masquerade mask. It's not a full uh, morning mask. Um, it's in a similar sort of white ivory color uh, to Alyssa's, but it doesn't have the veil. And he actually um, appears to have his hair. Uh, he, he has some like earth elemental or uh, dwarven lineage to him because he has his hair chiseled into a very spiky uh, mohawk that looks kind of a little dangerous. Um, and it's very clearly like a jasper mohawk, so it is gray speckled with red down. And he just says, um, knock first, let her know you're here and give her a moment. I go over to the kitchen door and I knock. Uh, and Alyssa... then I say, I, I open it a jar, and then I, I say, are you decent? <laughs> Danica's going to stay in the, like, a little farther back because she senses that this is something she shouldn't intrude on, so she's just going to patiently just wait. Yeah. Um, all I remember for this particular resident is that they started with it, their name started with an L, like a Lucian or something like that. Luca, that's what it was. Luca, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Luca basically just kind of shakes his head at Barry's comments about being decent, and uh, Alyssa, you hear Barry call out to you. Ah, um, uh, just a moment. Damn it! You don't have the pendant on you. I can't be snarky. Uh, <laughs> All right. So yeah, what would you like to do with this? Um, I'm just going to quickly just throw on the veil and uh, tie the um, mask half to my um, to my belt and just full like throw the full of the veil over because I'm wearing the cap that always goes underneath that and my hair is tucked away mm-hmm. under it just for food safety sake as well as everything else. But it's know. convenient. All right, I leave it to you. So this is just gonna walk through, just like peek through the door or just like, yeah, peek through the door a little bit and just, yeah, very. Uh, we've got a dog. Oh, um, yeah, what do you need me Yeah, the doctor would like us to take a walk into the forest with the giant hummingbirds. Oh, retrieval for Uncle Nat, gotcha. Uh, give me just a little bit more time. I gotta go upstairs, grab my pack, and uh, let let Serafina know. All right, Danica and I will sit down for a drink. Okay. Uh, Kynos serves you both um, the tea of the day, which I believe would be a nice apple jasmine. Uh, oh, and then a very Barry kind and bright out. Barry pulls out two two jars of um, preserved figs. This one is for you, and this one is for 
the establishment. And kind of just winks at him and he says, Hmm, I think one of these is going to go over to Julia to see if I can get a few extra pastries out of the day. And Kainos just like scuffles one of the jars behind the counter and then takes the other jar, looks over a bellish kind of furtively and basically says, mind the cafe for a moment, darling. And like speeds across the street to the bakery. Um... <laughs> You get the sense that Kynos is a very big fan of fig-based pastries. It's beautiful. Um, Gotta keep being people. Oh yeah, you yeah. have to. Uh, so, Barry is just Jam Uncle. That jam is, Uncle! That is, that is what we've learned today. I love it. Um... So, uh, you both enjoy your apple jasmine tea. Kainos comes back very pleased with themselves um, because they have managed to put in an order of uh, basically what amount to fantasy fake Newtons, um, but freshly baked. And yeah, um, eventually Alyssa will come back downstairs. Mm -hmm. It won't take her long, just a... She always has her kit ready to go, even after an, uh, a run, as mm -hmm. it were. So it, she just pops by the room she shares with Serafina, just simple job, gotta go, um, mind the back, and dips out. And Serafina just says, all right, you have fun, I guess. Don't shoot anyone we know, unless they deserve it. <laughs> And shoot them twice? And that's like the last thing you hear as you're heading downstairs. Shoot them twice? Alyssa just shakes her head and just mumbles on her breath, and if it's Thackeray, I'll shoot him three times. Fair enough. Um, so yeah. Uh, Alyssa comes down with the giant monster hunter bow. Mm -hmm. And her quiver and all that, and just... Probably breezes by Kynos and Bellish and just on the way to Danica and Barry's table and completely overlooking perhaps the sack of food that Bellish always leaves her when she goes on a job. Yep. And uh, Kynos just says, All right, we'll cover for you as usual. Um, you just make sure you're back as soon as you can and well, try not to die. You would all know that Kainos, be... Kainos has a very um, interesting way of showing care. It would be a very ironic time to die, considering the the mission we're on. I have no idea what you mean by that, Barry, and I'm sure I'll hear the full story after it's done. So, good luck, all of you. I hope you enjoyed the tea, and um, thank you for the preserves, Barry. Always a pleasure. And with that, I think we're going to cut back to Rue as you all exit the cafe. Mm -hmm. Rue. You've gone to speak to someone about some mending. I have gone to speak to someone about some mending. Whom are you speaking to? I am going to very... Um, very, um, I'm going to 
um, head back to the Boreal Crystal and um, make it um, aware of my presence. And I would like to ask it a question. Very well. What question would you like to ask it? Um, I say, well, I asked, I went and learned some things and I would like some way to be able to find the pieces of you that are scattered around the continent, but I kind of need to be, well, kind of in the same way that these things um, kind of call out to you when they're nearby. Kind of need to be able to pick up on them in the same way. How does one go about sensing you in the world? Just interesting. Oh, you always pose me the best questions. Um, <laughs> more in the sense, more in the sense I that I have to figure out what information is appropriate to give you right now. Because there, there are only, you know, in Rue's mind, right? There are only a couple of ways to do this. Either, you know, either there's some kind of, hey, this is this is where I am, or this is what I feel like. So if you feel things that feel like this, you should know that you're nearby or closer things. Or like, in the most extreme cases of these things, me and all my questioning ends up being bonded to the crystal somehow, but I'm not sure which of these things are things that happen in either. Well, this is more a question of what I, this is one of those moments as GM of, um, how close do I keep my cards to my chest here? Uh, in terms of world lore things. So, you you don't get like a vocal response, you get more um, impressions due to Aurora being a little bit tired. Uh, and those impressions are... Um, also, if it helps, um, if it helps with like for communication purposes, um, I could communicate with her in pictures and tell you what pictures she would see if it helps with mental images and things. No, no, no. It's this instance of, like, she understands your question very clearly. It's more her response requires energy. And so okay. her response is more relegated to images and impressions and feelings. Okay. Um, and her response effectively is... You should be able to, um... You should be able to reach out to find traces of her in the way that you reach out to find traces of the past or the future. Hmm. Okay. It is more... It is perhaps more targeted, but it is the same process. And you may, now that you've had contact with her, have flashes 
in related to those things as a result. Okay. Um, I kind of, I don't know. I would like to do a positive acknowledgement vibe uh, because I know that responding to things <laughs> is um, kind of difficult for her. And then I go and find the rest of the party. Yeah, um, you get a very positive response, but you also feel a little bit of apprehension. And the okay. apprehension sort of comes from a place of, you can do this, I just don't know how successful you're going to be in terms of Aurora's perspective. Um, do I, okay, so first thing, do I understand that that's the nature of that apprehension? Yes. Okay. Um, the only thing I send her back is a vibe of, um, let me see. Um, I feel like this isn't quite the words I want, but it is going to be as close as I get. It's warm optimism, which is, well, someone has, like, someone has to try. Very well. Sin, this is a moment where we have to break character. Oh, no. Because I need to ask you a thing, pertaining to Ruth specifically. Listen, Rue, you did this to yourself. You listen, this was just meant to be like a very tiny random interaction and it has become a thing. And has become the thing. I, it has become the episode's I, thing. I, I unfortunately befriend things that are I think I I've talked to you about this, I yes. think, in terms yes, of do. like the things that I seek in games and like now you 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 did the thing. This is your fault. I have done I have done the thing and I have set this up, but there are certain implications from this friendship. And the one thing I need to ask you is, are you comfortable introducing Rue's benefactor this early? Dump, dump, dump. <laughs> um, I guess here is the question. It's a little bit less about if and more about why for me um it, it's because like hey i have appeared i have appeared because you're about to go very much off script and um, this needs to be corrected or much in the way that it brought you to this spot has also brought me here because you have done a thing and I don't know why I'm here either. It would be the second. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I guess we're not getting to the side quest today, folks. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Because this is, we're going to be a thing. Uh, yeah, I guess. Rue wanted to be on holiday. He was lying. Rue, there is... <laughs> like, nah, I don't get to be on vacation. You don't get to be on vacation. None of us are on vacation. So, Rue. <laughs> you... 
God damn it, I don't know why I allow these things to happen. Uh, but it's great, it's gonna be fun. Uh, Rue, you are walking through town, and there's a moment where, you know, you're heading towards the library. And there's just this moment where you're like, oh, I don't see Danica or Barry or anyone yet. So I'm just going to take like a left here and see what's kind of around and I'll circle back around to kill some time. And you wind up coming upon a small garden with a single what would be wisteria tree, which is a bit unique for this area because this area is basically the only climate nearby where a wisteria would be able to grow. And it is fully blossoming at this point. Uh -huh. And tending to the tree, or I guess tending to the tree would be the wrong term for it. Um, more just observing the tree curiously is a figure you recognize. They are, they appear to be, um, elven, but of a nondescript origin, like you just can't place where they come from. Uh, they have hair that is sort of tied back and up currently, which you know that they usually do when they are working, quote unquote. And they are wearing um, effectively what would be classic leather armor with a bandolier of small daggers uh, across the chest and a kind of like shoulder cloak of sorts uh, over one shoulder. Perhaps a little bit too warm for this area. And they are just sort of looking up at the tree and looking around and then their eyes alight on you. And they say, oh, I guess that's why. Do I recognize who the, I should recognize who this you, person is? You absolutely recognize Nataris, yes. Um, A, what do you mean? You said I was on vacation. Why are you here while I'm on vacation? Um, why did you bring me here while we're on vacation? I brought no one here. I specifically went by myself to do things while I was on vacation. And I got bored and decided to go hunting for some hummingbirds. I didn't know that you made appearances for these things. I did not know either. And Nataris looks around and basically says, well, I'm here, so you must have done something because I'm very clearly here and running into you, not anyone else. There's literally a, and you can tell me if this is not the case, by the way, there's literally a whole town full of people. Are you sure that you didn't come here for anybody else today? You know, that's not how this works. You are the first person I've met since waking up, staring at a wisteria tree. Well, I mean, to be fair, the climate here is fair enough for that. It is. But a few minutes ago, I was in a war camp somewhere tying shoelaces together. You're welcome. There's there's a moment where he takes a 10 count just to, just to keep the sass down mm. out of their voice. So anyway, um, let me see what um, things that happened today. Let me go through, let me run a mental inventory. I slept on a roof. I looked at the Aurora Borealis. I went to go talk to a crystal. I befriended a crystal. I talked to a doctor. I went and talked to some friends about beating up to hunt hummingbirds. I went and talked to the crystal and said, I would like to help the crystal do a thing. And then I went to the library to meet up with my friends where I said I was going to meet up with them. And now you were here. 
Um, there, there's a moment where he like takes a second and goes, okay. "Why? Why? Wait, what? What? What is this? What? What is this? What are we doing? This, this is this is Eric as the GM doing just needing to do things with his hands." Oh no, like I'm imagining the Taurus is actually doing this as he's following along while I recount things. Have you ever seen Nathan Fillion do the thing where he's just like, I... Yes. That's what Nataris does. Nataris is very much Nathan Fillion in this moment. Okay. Rewind. You made friends wait, 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 with a crystal. Wait, 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 wait. I made friends with a crystal, yes. That one. Over there, like he could, you could see it in the skyline over the over the buildings. He's pointing like directly at it. Yes, it's especially warm and friendly. Um, her, I feel like that's the most accurate descriptor. Um, her name is Aurora. Guitarist stops for a second and just says, "Okay." Okay. okay. I don't know what I'm allowed to tell you. What? You send, like, listen, the way the powers work, right? This is the agreement. We talked about this. You send me places I'm supposed to be there to do things, normally things that are helpful. Look at me, I'm helping. So am I in trouble for something now? What happened here? <laughs> no, you, you are not in trouble. I do believe you may have stepped into something that is potentially... Outside of our usual scope of the way we do things. Oh, you mean other, like, more so than the power of the nightmares and the eternal forest, or sorry, in the infinite forest increasing? You may want to sit down for this. Um, and he, like, leads you over to a bench that's beneath the wisteria tree. And Nataris looks at you and just says, Can I just lean on the wisteria tree? I feel can. like we just need... Cool. I'm just going to sit under the, the wisteria tree, which I imagine the occasional petal flower falls off, and it just adds to the drama of the moment. Uh, Nataris? Hold on. Him. Oh, something's happening. I believe a fan yeah. is being retrieved. It's prop time. It's prop time. Yeah, it's prop time. Um. Right. Nataris uh, pinches the bridge of their nose for a second and says, What do you understand of godhood? More specifically, the act of becoming one. I'll take that as nothing. There's just like a squint here of being like, and I honestly do not know in character if these are things that I know about, because it's not like I studied any of this. These are right? not things you would know about under any circumstances. This is like, what do you know about becoming a god? And it's just like me like leaning forward and squinting. Like, why would you ask me this ridiculous question? I don't even know why I am where I am most of the time. How are you asking me this? Like, and then I actually think about this for a second. I weigh whether or not to say it, and then I say the following out loud. Nataris, you are literally here under a wisteria tree in the middle of a plateau that you didn't even expect to be in, 
and you are, as far as I know, as close to a God as I have run into so far. If you don't know why you are where you are, why would I know anything about becoming a God? What kind of question is this? And Nataris just looks at you and he says, well, now you've met your second. So you mean that weird kind of creature walking through the dream plane who was like a moving constellation doesn't count? Okay, you've met your third. I was unaware of that. You know something fair. As far as I know, all of the people who are super powerful aren't necessarily all-knowing. So, you know, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I can allow that. There are... to explain. There are those who created this world in this universe who are much more all-knowing. And then there are those of us like myself who have grown beyond our means. We were not born gods, but we became them. Sometimes by accident, sometimes on purpose. This one you call Aurora. I didn't call her that. That's what they said. Very well. The one who calls themselves Aurora. Is tied to the crystal in ways that I don't necessarily know or understand what they are. Either they were a personification of the crystal itself, or they were someone who attempted to claim the crystal for themselves. Those are the two options. The realm hearts are odd things that way. They often produce their own guardians, akin to gods, or they get claimed by mortals who don't know better. I'll leave you to guess which one I am. Well, considering how alike we are, probably the latter category. I don't begrudge you this. Which I appreciate. But know that I say you stepped in something beyond your scope. Because this is now a moment where you have befriended a being who is very much not whole. And should you choose to try and make them whole again, I don't know what will come of it. Well, let me ask you a question. When the crystal was whole, what happened? I don't know. Unfortunately, that is... a bit beyond my current sight, though I could attempt to ask some of the others I may run into over time. If I find anything out, I will do my best to inform you. You may need to look into the history of this continent. Well, I have a way to do that. Although, now, I'm kind of afraid to mention it, because, well, who knows what happens. 
maybe if I keep doing things, other gods will just appear and I will just befriend all of you. And then maybe one of you will adopt me or this or I will actually get a vacation. Nataris looks at you and he says, what? This isn't a vacation? It's very scenic. Tempered I weather. Look, beautiful views. I, I, I look at Nataris and go, well, I think you're about on vacation as much as I am. Are you on vacation right now? Fair point. Equally fair point. If this is what happens when I'm on vacation, vacations might be dangerous. I don't mind. I... Hmm. He just like, there's this moment where he goes to say something and then closes his mouth, goes to say something, closes his mouth. So there are things that it's probably not necessarily good or beneficial for me to know right now. Is that correct? Nataris looks at you and he just says, yes, but also... I don't know what your current goals will do with regards to brushing against the terms of our arrangement. This is something we will have to... What's the word? Wait and see about. You know something, Taurus? If I were another person in another lifetime, I surely would have developed a smoking habit behind all of this. Exactly why is it that among all the different people that we have that can exist in the way that you do, are you the one who never seems to get the ability to go, I would like to negotiate some of these terms? He just smirks and he says, because fate's a cruel bitch like that sometimes. <laughs> I don't get to negotiate my terms and conditions. And unfortunately, that means in the worst of cosmic pyramid schemes, neither do you. Well, at least this pyramid schemes comes with peaceful town, nice weather, scenic views. I would like it to also come with makeup, but you know, I didn't get to negotiate that. Um, while you're here, though, do you know anything about these hummingbirds that I'm going to have to go and collect feathers from later? He just chuckles and he says, bring some big bird seed and then disappears. And then I just kind of like stand up and brush myself up and go, right. Library. It is at this point, Rue comes around, around the corner from an alleyway and sees you all approaching the library. I feel like Alyssa would have done a slight detour to get the pendant at this point. All right. So the pendant has been retrieved. Uh, you have faced no sass as a result. 
yet. <laughs> no sass? No sass. Quiet. It's just quiet. 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 Okay. So. Thank. Uh, thankfully. So then, um, so then, friends, um, shall we get on with a bit of um, bird watching? Uh, yes. So, Barry, what is it you are intending to do at the library? Uh, research the particular flowers that um, the birds feed on. All right. Luckily, I actually wrote this down because I figured you would ask. Um, so, first off, you wind up finding a small, basically a, a, a bestiary uh, of local creatures. And you would know that uh, the official term uh, jotted down next to the hummingbirds, uh, the amber-beaked hummingbird, is Trochilidae gigantis. Um, someone wrote the old Valdian scientific term in for the birds. And there's a little bit of interesting history about the birds in the book. If you're interested in that sort of thing, I can tell you separately. Um, but effectively, you find that they, um, at least in this area, feed off of a meadow in the Titan Skull Woods that contains um, what were effectively some mutated uh, flora, which are basically giant lilies and giant wildflowers. Um, and so you you effectively have these roughly chocobo-sized hummingbirds feeding off of flowers bigger than they are um, in this one meadow in the Titan Skull Woods. And you would know that everything in the Titan Skull Woods is made a little bigger. Um, there's something about its namesake that just pours the magic of the wild into the area to the point where the woods themselves are you know, we're talking California red, redwoods and we're talking the creatures get a little bigger there and all the natural plant life gets a little bigger there. So it gets a little dangerous. Um, it tends to be a training area for Gleamborton scouts because of its particular size and the variety of creatures that live there. Um, you would also know that these hummingbirds are the only hummingbirds who can successfully, who can successfully feed off of another plant in the area that is, uh, hold on, let me scroll down to find it. Do, 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 do. Ah, here it is. Uh, you would know that they would be the only creatures capable of feeding off of um, what a local herbalist calls Somnian spitters, uh, or what the uh, colloquial term is, the slumberjack plant, um, because it knocks people on their asses. And effectively what it is, is it's akin to a Venus flytrap, except its defense mechanism is when its petals are disturbed, it releases a pollen that knocks a creature unconscious for a short period. Um, the hummingbirds are the only things that can feed on them because they're the only ones that can gain access to the bulb without disturbing the petals. Um, so they tend to feed off of those two flowers, respectively. There you go. Great, I'm ready. Yay. Uh, you would also get a very general like sense of where the meadow is within the Titan Skull Woods as well. Uh, it's a bit to the east. Um, so the Titan Skull Woods are like northeast of Crestfall by about, you know, 
two to three hours. Um, the center of the woods is the namesake Titan Skull. It is a massive skull of a creature that nobody really knows how it got there. It was revealed when the um, Crystal Shard struck the mountain. Um, and it is... When I say Titan Skull, like, it was big enough for Rue to see it on the horizon. I'll put it that way. Over trees the size of redwoods. For reference. Okay. Um, and it apparently has some sort of power that just makes everything grow a little bigger there. Uh, the meadow that you're looking for would be east of the skull within the woods. I mark it on a map and... Begin trudging out of town. Very well. And then I remember I have left my companions behind still in breath. And I think uh, unless anyone else has things they would like to just wrap up before the end of session, we might call it there with about, you know, five minutes or so left before the end of the show. I mean, if Alyssa isn't getting sass, she's not going to poke it. Very well. I mean... Do we have, do y'all have other things that y'all want to do in town before we go and find the birds? Honestly, no. Alyssa would have immediately started following Barry out because she's technically the scout of this mission. <laughs> yeah, Danica be before Barry. Yep. Danica's good. Danica got her supplies. She's good. Okay. Um, I would... Because if, if possible, unless like there are other things that we want to do here, I, I don't know what supply I don't know what supplies I'll need. So of course I'm going to go exactly with the some, the amount of supplies I have, whatever teriyaki, pocky, or other stacks I'm able to fit into a bag, and I guess bandages. Like, hey, Manat, do you have like bandages I could take for this in case this happens? You know what? Maybe I should ask Barry for these. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, Vinat will be happy to lend you some basic first aid supplies, should you ask. In fact, Vinat would probably say, oh, something along the lines of, oh dear, I really should have let you leave with those. Fair enough. Um... So yeah, uh, you are well supplied and your montage out of town begins. Um... I'm on my way! <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, okay. That was a very <laughs> was a very interesting session. Uh if if y'all have any questions, I'm willing to spill like world lore as a little bit of uh, an after show um thing while we're still on stream, but if not, we can just do our little outro. Okay. Um same order as the last time. Uh, yes, please. Tell people who you are and where to find you. Okay, so hi, my name is Sinziak. He, him, playing the character of Rue. He, they. You can find me here on Twitch on Mondays and Tuesdays doing video game things and RPGs in particular this upcoming week. Um, actually, this upcoming month. Um, you can also find me here every other Sunday being Rue. You can find me on Twitter at Sinziak Beta, where you can find me talking about world building things and design things and things that make me wonder why people are the way they are. Hi, um, Rainy, she, her, player of Alyssa, she, her as well. 
Um, you can find me here on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash rainykeys, Twitter at rainedkeys. Um, I do games, I do art, I have commissions open, I guess. And every other Wednesday, you can find me over at RPG Hours uh, Twitch channel as the wonderful Agnes Volk um, for Routes Unknown. She is the professional playbook, and that's all I gotta say. <laughs> hey y'all, I'm Monroe, he, they, who plays Danica, she, they, and um, you can generally find me on Twitter, uh, just yelling about anything really, <laughs> at MonroeRo98. And then there's me and Nimbins at Nimbins and all the places. He, him, I play Barry, they, them. And last, but certainly not least, uh, I am Eric, aka Eldritch Crow. Uh, I use he, him pronouns, and um, you can find me on Twitter at Eldritch Crow. You can find me here usually uh, Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays, depending on the week. And uh, this week, I will be over on RPG Hours channel on Wednesday, playing in Routes Unknown with Rainy as well. Uh, so you can catch us both over there. And... You can catch the system we were using to play today. I know we didn't make uh, too many checks or things, but um, you can find that system uh, using the exclamation point RPG or exclamation point TTRPG command. Pardon me. Um, Ether is on sale for the rest of the week for an Easter sale, and it just had its big update. So go check it out. As always, this episode was brought to you by RPG Hour Studios, and the sounds were brought to you by Sirenscape. And I thank you all for joining us. Have a good day and see you all in two weeks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.